Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ brings us a sermon called Training Your Heart. It looks at how the heart of Christianity is the heart of Jesus, a passionate devotedness to the well-being of humanity. It comes from Matthew chapter 5, Verse eight. It was a few years back when I uh, had one of those conversations, or you hear one of those things when you go to take a physical, and, and you never want to hear it, when the, the tech who is in there and doing the test is looking at that little screen, and then they stop talking, and they stop asking about your vacation, and how are you doing, and then they get quiet, and they go, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get the doctor. It was followed by another one of those conversations that you hope you never have to hear. And it was years ago, five years ago now, and um, said, so there's some irregularities with your heart. It's not working right. It, uh, it's, it's not beating. It's out of sync. There's, uh, there's a condition called AFib, and it's, it's got little, several different permutations. I had one. I didn't notice, know it because instead of racing, my heart got really slow. What triggered the tech's attention was when it was down in the low 30s. <laughs> and so he went through and said, well, this is what we have to do, and here's what you can do, and where do we go from all that? And, um, and you know, we can do some medication, and we'll do some more tests, and then as that didn't work, well, we need to do a procedure. I remember at one point going, well, what are my options? You know, because... You know, I did that version that we all do. It's like, oh, i got places to go, people to see, things to do. You know, I'm busy. And how do we do this? And his comment in one way or another was, well, you know, um, sure, but without your heart, the rest of that's not going to matter. <laughs> well, when you put it that way. I feel like we've been putting it that way around uh, the issues of the heart as we have been working through this the last three weeks now, of what is the condition of our heart. Because without our heart, without our heart, the rest doesn't really matter. That place that is the sort of the central processing, the executive functioning, the part that integrates the, the spiritual, the physical, the, uh, the mental, all of those parts, the part that makes you you, without that, what the rest doesn't kind of matter. When, when that's not functioning right, nothing's going to function right. What my, what my doctor said is if we don't treat this, it, what will eventually happen is the harder your heart works, the more it will make things worse. It will turn on itself. It will, it will destroy itself. Without our hearts, without this part in here that makes us us, it's the same condition, isn't it? It's that part of us that, if it's not working, if it's not firing right, if it's not ordered right, if it's not in sync, all kinds of bad things begin to happen. We've been talking about how important it is and how is it that Time and again, when we deal with these issues, we are more concerned with you know, the condition of our cars and our 
401ks and our vacation plans than we are with this part that makes us us. This morning I want to talk about how do we, how do we identify and reset that part of us that becomes disordered. Disordered is a, is a phrase that came 1,500 years ago. Uh, I came out of some observations from a, a guy named Augustine. And Augustine said, listen, you are who you love. Whatever you love, that's what you're becoming. And so the problem in life is, is not that you are necessarily bad. It is that, in fact, your loves are in the wrong place. You love the wrong thing for the wrong reason in the wrong way with the wrong priority. It's not that any of those things are bad. It's just that when they are out of sync... They're firing wrong. All kinds of bad things happen. A career is a wonderful thing to have. It, it does good things. However, when it, becomes, when it becomes predominant, in the sense we begin to obsess over, over it and give it to it, it can, when we love it with the wrong kind of priority in the wrong way, it can destroy us. It can destroy our families. It can destroy companies, as we have seen. When we... We talk about success and approval and all those things that are, in fact, fine and they're good in their own place. But when those become predominant, when that's the thing that we work on, then it's too easy then to begin to lose the part about ethics and our own integrity. Leisure and sports are wonderful things. When they get out of order, when they get out of order, when they begin to dominate, then the things that we were hoping, the relationships, the families, the people that get demeaned and diminished, and then there's the issues of things like politics and even patriotism, all good things, but in the wrong order, in the wrong fashion, in the wrong priority, they destroy the very thing that we say we espouse and believe. The history of the last 2,000 years of a church is people who have used faith, they've used religion, they've used the, the, the experience of God, and, and they have taken that and they've turned it around so that it becomes a means to, to their own justification, their own validation. It becomes the, the, for being right and being certain. And we begin to betray the, the tenets of the very thing that we say is at the center None of these things are bad. It is all because there is a heart that is out of sync. And it won't do just to try harder. The harder we try, the more we just begin to destroy ourselves and those around us. So, what do we do when we recognize that in ourselves? And what Jesus talks about, one of the many verses that talks about doubling down and really focusing on the heart has to do with this one, which is to say, blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus says in the, in the midst of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart because they're the ones who are going to see God. Now, if you're like me and you see that verse these days, you begin to think that the people who talk about, unfortunately, purity the most are the ones for whom God seems to be least visible. We have taken this thing called pure and purity and we have weaponized it. It becomes a symptom of a disordered heart in and of itself. 
On the one hand, purity is, is a good thing. We want pure. We want pure water. We want pure air. When uh, we are in an operating room, we want, we want things to be pure and we want things to be clean. Uh, we like it when, uh, when we get things and, and, and products that build themselves as pure. You know, ivory soap is 99 and you know, 44 per, and 100 percent pure. Pretty good. It even, it's so pure it floats. That's what it says. It's so pure that it floats. Good stuff. That kind of purity means that we are going about and we are, we are excluding all those things that don't belong there. We are worried about contaminants. We are guarding. And that is good perhaps for soap and operating rooms and food and water. It is good when we say that something is 24 karat gold and we mean it, and it isn't tinged with something else. It is not so good when we get beyond those things that are inert and are things and start to work in the realm of people. Because people don't work the same way. And when we talk about someone who is pure and a heart that's pure, that doesn't work so well. It doesn't work so well when we begin to think about people who have the wrong ideas. We exclude them because that's, those aren't pure, purely ours. In politics, you are, there are report cards for how well you do with your party and it has to do with the purity of your vote and, and your intentions and, and, we, and we begin to destroy one another. When it comes to race, we have a history. This is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend and we have this history of... of talking about people of other races as being impure and depending on how much, how much lineage is there, how much blood is there, all these incredibly destructive, moronic kinds of conversations because somehow it is to be pure one race and pure the other. That same, that same idea of soap was used not that long ago to talk about how do we wipe away and get rid of the impurities of race. If you use this soap, you lighten this. And if you think this, we don't do that anymore. Gosh, it was about five years ago, two different soap companies made much the same kind of illusions. It is embedded in who we are, and you could say, well, it wasn't their intent, but nobody caught it. It is still this assumption. There are Jews all over the world today who are again in fear because of the old and ancient animosities towards being Jewish or being of the Jewish race or the ethnicity and they somehow need to be eliminated, excluded. There are people here who, who have, were raised under this idea of purity of as being something having to do with your sexual history and what you did and, and anything that you do in your essence that's tied where your worth and your value are tied to, to your sexuality is just absolutely destructive. Some of you grew up with it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry you had to hear that from people who were from pulpits like this. Sometimes our faith is the same way, isn't it? How many times have churches split because we had to eliminate the contamination of bad thoughts, bad doctrine, bad liturgy, bad whatever that is. Somehow it, it became so intolerable that we can't gather around that table anymore. Together we have to split in order to keep ourselves pure. 
We've weaponized something that is good and we've used it. And, and so we exclude and we use shame and we hurt and we destroy. It itself is a function and, and, and a symptom of a disordered heart. And the harder we try, and the harder we try, and the faster we go, the more we just destroy ourselves and one another. Because it isn't the other person that's the issue, it's what's in here. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus says. So do we abandon purity? Some people do. I almost didn't talk about this this morning because of all the baggage that is around this. But I thought, no, let's, let's reclaim it. Let's reclaim it to its original and, I think, deeper purpose. Sure, we can talk about purity as eliminating all the contaminants. That's a pretty good thing with sugar and medicine. But let's talk about the other parts of what purity means. And it has to do with, it has to do with people and systems. It has to do with purpose. The purity, is it doing what it's supposed to do? When we talk about human beings, when we talk about the human heart, it's not about eliminating and getting rid of as much as how do we add and how do we grow. Think of a flower that is always growing. Think of a child. Think of music. Think of art. Think of love. It's not that there aren't imperfections in any of that, but it is the purpose of these things. It is the purpose for what they were created to be, and as they grow into that purpose, as they do what they were created to do and to be, the purity is found there. It is not a matter of holding back and pulling back to some, some ancient idea of what it should have been as much as it's pushing forward. It's not what's lost, but what's coming. It's about recognizing the standards by which you know that this, this is doing exactly what it needs, that it's supposed to be doing. Think of the heart. Show me any heart, physical, that is perfect, doesn't exist. But its purity has to do with, is it doing what it's supposed to be doing? And if it isn't, that's what needs to be changed. That's what needs to be reset. Blessed are the pure in heart means that we sometimes need to have it reset. In my case, and in many who've done this before in years, and grateful that we have that kind of technology and those kind of early warning systems to, to have those conversations so that we can live fully and well, and it doesn't need to be part of our consciousness anymore. It requires a reset, sometimes with medication, sometimes with other kinds of procedures and tests. But at one point, at one point, you get it back into rhythm and you get it back to the way it's supposed to be and it stays there. For us, for us, the reset, the reset of a pure heart has to do with Jesus himself. It has to do with Jesus himself is the example. This is what a human being looks like. This is, this is who we are becoming. This is what a human being fully imbued and and in, enriched with divinity and God is through in and through. This is what it looks like. Sometimes, sometimes I like to ask this question and it's a good question if we have enough time to be honest with each other and I just say, what is it that made you fall in love with Jesus? Not Christianity, not the church, not faith, but just what is, when you read Jesus, when you see Jesus, what, what draws you? What, what pulls you out? What evokes out of you? And 
we are so seldom asked that question. I think it's a good question if we're going to reset our heart. So what is it about that heart, that beating heart of Jesus, that draws us? Sometimes we'll talk about generosity, the generosity of Jesus, or we'll talk about the compassion of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus, the insight of Jesus. The thing that I found myself going back to it again and again, the thing that draws me to Jesus is, how is it this person is able to see through the facade that's there and into the real inner issue? Because when we think that the whole idea is to to somehow be pure in the sense of things, then we throw up this facade. We try to impress everybody that everything is right and good. And it was just as true of the religious leaders in Jesus' day as it is today. We dare not show imperfection. We dare not show struggle. We dare not show anything that somehow might get us excluded and make people think there's something wrong with us, undesirable. By the way, that soap that floats has nothing to do with purity, as it turned out. They finally admitted that uh, all it had to do with was that they whipped it, so there was a lot of air in it. It was a pretense. I think that's a wonderful parable. (laughs) Isn't that what we do? We, We present ourselves as those who have it all together and everything's going well, when in fact it's all pretense. It has nothing to do with the purity. Jesus had a way of seeing right through that and getting to the heart of the issue. Jesus had a way, and I think probably the thing that draws me most is this part where Jesus comes and always sees the invisible person, the marginalized, the outcast, and sees them not as outcast, undesirable, excludable, shameful, but sees them as a brother, a sister, a child of God, and treats them that way. What do you see? What do you see? What draws you? Because if we're going to reset our heart, it seems to me that that might be the place to begin. What is it we see in Jesus that resonates in here? What what rings true? What do we want to align ourselves with? If we truly want a heart, that is pure, if we want a heart that is captivated by Jesus, what's going to captivate us? That's really what is the theme of this piece that Randy and Leanne put together about being captivated. And as you see the images, as you hear the words, listen to the music, what captivates you? What will reset your heart this day? Jesus has many faces, some we may not recognize. The Spirit reveals to us the heart and the character of Jesus. In this place, we are captivated, and our prayer begins. Your face is beautiful, and your eyes are like the stars. Your gentle hands have healing. There inside the scars Your loving arms, they draw me near And your smile, it brings me peace 
Draw me closer, oh my Lord, draw me closer, Lord, to Thee. Your voice is powerful, and Your words are radiant bright. In Your breath and shadow, I will come close and abide. You whisper love and life divine, and your fellowship is free. Draw me closer, oh my Lord, draw me closer, Lord, to Thee. Captivate us, Lord Jesus, set our eyes on You. Devastate us with your presence all around. And rushing river draws nearer. Holy fountain, consume us with you. Captivate us, Lord Jesus, with you. And let everything Lost in the shadows of the light of your face, and let every chain be broken from me as I'm bound in your grace. For your yoke is easy, your burden is light, you're full of wisdom, power, and might, and every eye will see. Jesus, set our eyes on you, devastate us with your presence all around, and rushing river draws nearer, holy fountain consume us with you, captivate us, Lord Jesus, captivated by Jesus, when we reset, we begin to understand that our heart then begins to align and it begins to find the joys where Jesus finds joys. It breaks in the same places Jesus breaks and for the same reasons. It is passionate for the things that Jesus is passionate for gets angry about the things that Jesus gets angry about, gets tender in the places where Jesus is tender. It is a heart that has become pure because it's now doing what it was supposed to do. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus says. They're the ones who are going to see God. 
So I went ahead and had all the procedures and it was a series of them and did all the tests and came back and had another one of those conversations that you wish you didn't have to have with that doctor as you're, I'm back and then you hear what you don't want the doctor to say when he says, huh, huh, what do you mean huh? And he goes, well, it says we, we, we addressed the issue of the one part of your heart, but now it has shown that there's another part that is also needing attention. I said, well, we just did all that. Well, see, there's two chambers. There's this, the upper and the lower. And, da, da, da. and I go, but we just did all this. Why do we have to do it again? And he goes, did I, did I mention a part about what happens if your heart isn't working? Oh, yeah, okay. So we, we did that too. A pure heart, a heart that is pure, is not just about its purpose, it's also how it functions. And I was thinking about that, getting ready for this, because that was all addressed, but that the human heart has both functions. It is the part that draws in and oxygenates and then pumps out. And if any one of them isn't working very well, at first they thought it was one part, then they thought, oh no, now that's fixed, now it's something else. If any one of those two parts isn't working, it doesn't matter how well the other part is working, right? In fact, what can happen is it can turn on itself for all the same reasons. It's just another form of being disordered. And so that has to be addressed. And I got to thinking how that applies to what we're talking about with the heart and who we are. That you and I are created, and if our heart is doing it, what it's supposed to be doing, if that integrative part of who we are, if the part that, that is, connects the, the spiritual, the physical, and the mental, if the part that somehow aligns with and resonates with Jesus is going to work, there is the part that draws in, and then there's the part that gives out and pushes out. And both need to be there if the heart is going to be pure in its functioning. Disordered hearts do one or the other. I got thinking about that because not only in, in the human soul is it easy to say, well, I'm doing this part, but I don't really need to do that part. I really, I'm really paying attention to my family and doing all the right things at work, but I'm not really caring about society or what the, what the effects of what I'm doing is other people. That's, that's different. This is, this is what's important. Or it's important to say, no, really what I'm doing is I'm giving myself and I'm killing myself for the needs of, of the world and the, and the underprivileged, but I'm neglecting my work or my family or my, eth my personal ethics. Or uh, We don't need to worry about that. No, they both need to work if we're going to have a pure heart. It's also true of the church, isn't it? The last hundred or so years, the church has had a disordered heart, church capital C, in that it seems to be in a battle between what is the church all about? All it's about personal salvation. It's about grace. It's about mercy. It's about, it's about helping people draw close to God versus, and it's always versus, that somehow, no, it's about, the, it's about the restructuring of the world. It's about the kingdom of heaven coming on earth. It's about justice. It's about those kinds of things. And somehow, somehow, we have created this false choice as if you have to choose the other, one or the other, when in fact, if you don't have both, you have something that is destroying itself and is of little use to its community and its world. Disordered hearts can work corporately as well as personally. And, and the solution is still the same. 
It is to reset ourselves around the heart of Jesus, which embodied both. Passionate, passionate care for the individual. Passionate about justice. Both are true, because both are part of the heart of God. When we focus on one or the other, we, we run the risk of trying to run a purity project about all those who don't agree with us. So we were, we're going to focus on just the personal over here, and then we're going to castigate, exclude all those who care about those things over there having to do with the society that works and the poor and the oppressed and justice and all those systems. Or if we care about only the systems, then we're going to neglect the inner life of a person. We're going to run a purity project. It's its own sort of inquisition. What if, what if instead of running purity projects to see who fits in our camp and not, and not in our camp, their camp, our camp, us, them, who's acceptable, who's not, who's, who's welcome, who's not, who's tolerated, who's not, what, what if instead of doing that, what if instead we, as from time to time we also do, which is, what if a church were really known for, this is the place that developed healthy hearts. This is the place that synced people up with the heartbeat of God. What if, rather than being known for whatever faith statement we make, as grand and as wonderful as they can be, it had to do more with what's actually beating in us and what are we actually giving ourselves to? And what if that, if what if that became <laughs> recognized as that, well, that's the heart of Jesus beating in our midst. What would happen then? And what would happen if that began again today that we took seriously that as the children of God as the as the expression of God as the extension of God's love that we are still generating we're still creating and our job is some, somehow to extend that and expand that not only in ourselves but in our world and if we do that if the watchwords then start to become compassion and mercy and wisdom, love, justice. If those become all of that part of who we are, what might change in our world? How's your heart today? What resonates with you today? What parts do you go, uh-oh? Because the offer of God throughout Old Testament and New is a new heart. I will give you a new heart, God says in the book of Ezekiel, to a nation that had grown cold and hard and had become so disordered that there was not much hope. I'll put a new spirit within you. I will remove from you a heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh. What, what in us needs to be converted? What in us needs to be changed? Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus says. They're the ones who are going to see God. And, and, and by them, God is seen by others. 
Would you pray with me? It is not always something we want to hear. It is not always something we want to examine, oh God. And so we become distracted too easily. Distracted by things that are good but are lesser. This morning, today, awaken us. Realign our hearts with you. That all those other parts of our life might line up and make sense too. It is easy, oh God. It is preferable rather than looking at ourselves that we are able to point out all the sins and the imperfections of others. But this day, today, oh God, by your grace, help us to focus first and foremost on what you are wanting to do within us that we might be ready for what it is you want to do through us. And through us, people might see your son Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.